1: And what's What's going going on, Badger Nation? Nation? Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of our Amazon Advertising Strategy Podcast. Uh, Very exciting episode, and I'm very excited to announce our guest co-host for the next four episodes. The one, the only, Elizabeth Green of Jungler. J U N G L R. dot com. J-u-n-g-l-r.com. Elizabeth, I have uh, such an admiration and respect for anyone who is a true technician, a true practitioner of Amazon advertising down there in the weeds, taking care of business with Amazon advertising. And you are so generous with your sh- with sharing of your expertise. Uh, everywhere. I actually don't even know how you do it. You share on your LinkedIn. You share in our Facebook group, at a slash Facebook. You share in other Facebook groups that we are both mutually in. Um, and even sometimes I'll join a Facebook group and then I'll just see you posting it. You're already there posting things. Uh, you are so generous with your information and your information uh, I know will resonate with this audience because it is so, like, just good, clean optimization, and I absolutely love it. It is a privilege and an honor to have you on the show. So thank you so much for being here. How's it feel?
2: It feels awesome. With that kind of introduction, I hope I can live <laughs> up to it. <laughs> no, in a lot of ways, so I've done other podcasts, but this kind of feels like the big leagues. Like this is this is the show for for technical, in the weeds, deep dive practitioner and I'm totally, totally stoked to be able to be here.
1: I dig it. For those of you watching on YouTube and Elizabeth, you can't see this cause this is on camera too. Uh, I added a new whiteboard feature to the show, which will change every episode today. It says the Amazon PPC podcast you've been dreaming about and then PPC go burr. If you are, um, are you familiar with that meme?
2: Yes. Yes. Did you see the okay. one on, in the times square?
1: No. Oh, they put a billboard oh. up. Yes. Yes. It's the best. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and then I have tacos crossed out and underneath it. I write a cots at cost of total sales. The T should be for the S for sales, not the A for ad cost. Anyway, we have something really, really good planned for today's episode. Uh, and Elizabeth, we have a very rigid, ideation brainstorming session before every episode that we do here. And you got the the inside scoop of what goes into every episode. And after seeing it, uh, will you still listen?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely, most definitely. Mm -hmm. It just makes it better.
1: We generated a ton of different ideas. And this one we both picked because it is timely, it is fitting, and it really reveals a lot about Amazon PPC, in a way that uh, maybe people feel, but they haven't like really talked through it. So we're gonna talk through it today. And it is one of these topics of the Amazon Conspiracy Theory. So we all know Exact Match as the supposed king of the match types. But is it true? Today we will be digging into the conspiracy that perhaps exact match is not what it is supposed to be. And in fact, does Amazon prioritize broad match, not exact match. We're going to be digging into it today and I couldn't be more excited to talk about it. So, this was a big topic and this is this is very relevant. This is on your mind. This is on this was on both of our minds because we always think about Exact match being the one match type that rules them all. The top of the mountain, the pinnacle for all other match types to look up to and inspire to become. And it's because of a lot of this traditional wisdom of this whole search term graduation process, uh, a search term graduation process that sort of moves from auto and then eventually graduates up to exact match. And I think this is something that almost every... Amazon ppc -er follows, but uh, we were just talking before the show, and Elizabeth, you had a really interesting experience with a particular client, and I'd love for you to share what that experience looked like.
2: Yes, yes. So I had someone come to me for PPC management. Um, They needed help with their account otherwise, but one of the things I noticed was every single keyword they had in their campaigns was all broad match. Um, And so, me looking at the account, thinking, I mean, it definitely was other things I could fix, but that was one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, taking on the account, of course, you always go through everything, see what can I fix, what needs help. And one of the things was, because everything was in a broad match, there was one particular keyword that was a main keyword that was put in a broad match. And it drove the majority of the sales for the top-selling product. And... Um the instance would be like if you were selling a metal cup and your metal cup was um, geared towards adults, but you kept having search terms pop up in your search term report that would be geared towards kids. But the root word was metal cup. So for instance, you're selling a metal cup. For adults, but you have metal cup for toddler, metal cup for two year old, metal cup for etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and there is really no way to effectively clear all of those with a negative phrase match just due to the fact that the root word is so important and that root word if you looked into the search term report, was driving all of the sales. So the keyword was metal cup and the search term driving all of the sales through that broad match uh, keyword was metal cup. So it was a one-to-one. But you kept having all this other waste that was coming in just due to the fact that it's a broad match and that's the nature of broad Mm. match. Now this keyword, it wasn't a very competitive niche, although the product sold very well, so the client did a very good job picking his products. And this keyword showed uh, at the very top of the search, again channeled through a broad match keyword and again with all this waste. Now the overall performance of the broad match wasn't terrible. It wasn't, the ACoS wasn't running away. The sales were there. But logically, analyzing the search term report and then analyzing how it was performing and all of this waste, logically, I could graduate, there's that word again, you know, to upgrade it, to refine it, I could take that exact search term and put it into an exact match keyword. and hopefully clear all of that waste. Because in the beginning, what I started to do was to um, take a look at the search term, of course, scan the search term reports, all of the uh, irrelevant search terms were then added as negative exact, but the way this keyword functioned, and because the bids were so high to keep that top of search, it was like playing whack-a-mole. You would add you know, 13 negative keywords, exact match, and then the next week, there's you know, 10 more. And the amount of clicks, you couldn't sort by clicks to find these irrelevant keywords because the, um, it was only be one or two clicks for each of these keywords. They were very long tail, um, but the, cumul- the cumulative amount of clicks ended up to just uh, more waste than I would care to see. Um, and so I did mm-hmm. do best practices. Um, if you're familiar, there is something to do with a campaign that's been running for a while. So I did create another ad group inside of the original campaign to try and mitigate any of that, you know, initial new campaign launch finickiness. Um, and so I put that keyword in an exact match at a much higher bid, lowered the bid on the broad, and the, the exact match didn't do as well. Now we know that there's initial trial running up but it got to the point where it wasn't, I wasn't channeling as much um impressions through my exact match than I would prefer. So what I ended up doing to try and you know force that switch, I did wait a while you know to see that I could gain traction on it and I did but the performance was not as good, but I noticed it was only because there was one or two clicks and it's hard to really gauge how well that exact match would perform if you're only getting a couple clicks, a couple impressions. It could just be that it's not you know, it's not being pushed up enough and obviously Amazon was still favoring the broad match to show even at that top of search. I could lower the bid on the broad match and it, it would still push top of search and obviously still being channeled through that broad match keyword Due to the, uh, you could tell by the impressions, because the broad match had astronomically more impressions than the exact match. Um, And so I ended up, I decided to put that exact match keyword as a negative into the broad match to force that transition. And the results were not as good as I would like, to say the least. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It did not, it did not perform, unfortunately.
1: And like, that's what sort of spurred us picking this topic, uh, because I probably see it once a week in uh, like online, somebody asking a question where someone basically says, hey, the traditional wisdom says, you know, the best practice says, if you have a broad match, you look at what the things are that are actually converting in your search term report. You go into your search term report. So you might be bidding on broad match running shoes, but then you go into your search term report and see that trail running shoes is the real big converter. So you, uh, or, 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 or I'm sorry, so that can happen, but I mean, that, that's a tradi- traditional wisdom. You go and you look at what's actually getting the orders. And there's gonna be certain times where you bid on running shoes and you broad match, and then you look at what is getting a lot of conversions and it could just be running shoes. Like it's the exact version of the keyword that you're bidding on. So it's like you're bidding on running shoes broad match and yes, you're appearing for a whole bunch of other things, but you find that you get a lot of orders for the actual word running shoes. So what do you do with this? Well, you graduate it up into an exact match version of itself. So you move it maybe to a new ad group, maybe to a new campaign, maybe it's doing so well you wanna graduate it up into a single keyword campaign. Whatever it might be, this whole graduation process, the reason why it's traditional wisdom, the reason why it's a best practice is because when it's in the broad match, you're bidding one bid for a variety of things. So if you're getting conversions for trail running shoes and running shoes, these things are probably converting at different rates. It would make sense for you to peel these out and stick them into their own spot so that you could bid specifically to that keyword. You could bid specifically to what that actual word is worth for you. And there is going to be time, just like you just described, where you're bidding on running shoes, broad match. You see that you get lots of orders for running shoes. So then you're like, okay, great. Let me graduate this up. Let me peel this out and stick it into a new ad group or a new campaign. I could do my specific bid optimization now just for the exact match version. I much more tight, much more controlled. This is good, right? And what happens when you look at the performance of the exact match and it is less, so running shoes in the exact match form is actually less performance than the Broad match form. So just like you mentioned, you do a, a block. So you you negate out. You you do some negative keyword sculpting in the broad match version to force it to come into the exact match. But even then, it might be less. So this is where it gets into the conspiracy theory. Does Amazon prefer broad matches over exact matches? And I mean, it, you know, the the conspiracy theory. It's almost like a good conspiracy theory is based off something that is that sounds true or feels true, right? So the idea that Amazon may prefer something that forces you to spend more, that forces you to play whack-a-mole with other search terms, so that they can eke out a couple extra clicks from you, could that be real? It's a conspiracy theory. People say it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some people have said.
1: <laughs> yes. So this happened. I've seen this in large accounts. I've seen this in small accounts. And what we, what we want to do is actually break down what to do when this happens. You know, you've done your research, peel, stick, and block. You've graduated your search term up. But what happens when it just doesn't land where you want it to? And you're looking at the performance of the exact match and then the that same search inside the broad match is doing better. We're going to break down a whole bunch of things to consider and what to do here. Uh, so let's get to the meat of this episode.
2: Yes. So in this case, um, I looked at the data, I looked at what would make sense to do and I tested it mm-hmm. and it, and you saw me take those logical steps. Right. Um, I think that's a big thing is don't try and go in and make astronomical changes. Test smaller increments. So what I did is originally I tried just negating every little, uh, you know, every other irrelevant search that didn't happen. When that became a little bit much, um, I tried adding an exact match. But I created another ad group inside of the current campaign. And by splitting out those ad groups, it allowed me to eventually, if I wanted to, go in and add that exact match negative, where if I had to just put it in the same ad group, I wouldn't have had that option. Um, so I took logical steps, you know, tried them both in tandem first, tried to adjust the bids, and then eventually went to more drastic measures of adding that negative. Um, Mm-hmm. If I hadn't have taken those measures, I could have just gone right ahead, high bid exact match, you know, same even a new campaign. Um, I don't think the results would have been as they probably would have been worse. It would have taken longer for that to start up. And I couldn't have known if, you know, at what level, Am I, am I really trying to force this? By taking all those other steps and try, you know, say trying to run them in tandem, trying to stagger bids, trying to do this, then when eventually it absolutely did not work when I added the negative, I could look back at all my past information. Okay, I've tried to force Amazon's hand and then I really forced their hand and they really didn't like it. So I could look back at my past information and say, just due to all these different things and this strategy not working, I now have 100% clear data that this strategy, for whatever reason, Amazon doesn't like it. Yes. And this is one keyword. This is one isolated incident. I'm not saying that strategy is not always going to work, but in this case, it didn't. Mm-hmm. And I had incremental steps instead of one big sweeping change. And like, okay, that doesn't work. Why? You know, it could have been that the bid wasn't good. It could have been, you know, a whole plethora of other things. Um, and then I would have gone back and tried to retest all those incremental steps when you could have just started incrementally in the first place. So I think that's something important to note.
1: I couldn't agree more. Uh, that's like core to, I think every good PPC manager, like approach to campaigns is you never want to make big sweeping changes to everything all at once. Like how many you know, if there's a hundred broad keywords that you're going to be doing this to and you make this change and for some reason or whatever, the conspiracy is very true and very real in this particular campaign. If you did that sweeping across the board, that would have a very big impact. Uh, And I think this is, and we'll get to how to communicate this with clients uh, and bosses later. Um, So it's, it's very important to communicate that core functionality of what I think good PPC is. When you take over something, you don't want to do big sweeping changes to everything all at once. I don't think ever, unless it's completely in the dumps. So if it is in the dumps, then yeah, you could probably nuke it and anything you'll do under best practice is going to be better. But if something's already humming along, you don't want to make big sweeping changes. And it's really important to communicate that to all the stakeholders that hey, if you're expecting me to come in and completely undo everything that you've done, the performance isn't bad right now. It doesn't make sense to, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, so you you want to look at best practice as a guide, not a law. So if if it says best practice to graduate the search term up to exact match, I like the way that you described the incremental, in like in, incremental steps to do that. So if you are looking at your campaign and you're noticing that your broad match, you know, running shoes, the search term that's actually getting it, getting all the orders is running shoes and you wanna graduate that up to exact match, uh, you know, you can take incremental steps there. And another thing that we wanna mention is what to do when this happens. You know, you graduate your search term and it's not doing what you want to do in the exact match. It could be that there's not enough data um, so I think this really happens a lot uh, where somebody looks at the broad match, yeah, they're bidding on a broad match, running shoes, they get the order for running shoes, so they take that, they graduate it up to exact match, they bid crazy on it uh, and then they look at that and they're like, "Whoa, my A cost is out of control or this isn't good. Um, the issue could be that they're basing that decision off of a keyword that maybe only gets an order once a week, once every two weeks, maybe once a month. It could be a low volume keyword that the new placement that when you graduated up to an exact match just needs more time.
2: Mm -hmm. I agree. And there is, there is a weird nuance with campaigns on startup and it's just part of the ecosystem, unfortunately. Um, and, as much as we want to see all the numbers the next day, sometimes it could take a week for things to start off. Now, that doesn't mean if you have absolutely zero impressions in a week span, you know, a three day span, zero impressions, yes, you want to adjust. You know, use logic does come to bear in all situations. But um, to not immediately have astronomical sales out of the gate or um, you know to be everything channeled through this keyword in the beginning you know there, there are there are nuances to any ad platform mm-hmm. um, and on Amazon new campaigns being a little bit slow to start is one of them
0: um, mm-hmm. so as far as yeah. taking
2: something from abroad into an exact and then why is this not working immediately um, that that could be a factor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as to your point that not every keyword is going to do amazing at top of search. Um, I have mm-hmm. heard the logic that top of search has the best conversion rate and therefore that is everywhere you want to be. So there is a lot of interesting and very, I mean, very good and interesting, um, special campaign build out strategies to try and always get that top of search. A the popular mm-hmm. one is, um, The percentage adjustments, you know, making sure to increase those for top of search. And while um, percentage adjustments or placement adjustments can be a wonderful thing and a wonderful tool, um, that doesn't mean that every keyword is going to function well at top of search. And so just taking Mm -hmm. that into account um, can be important to look at as well.
1: Yeah, that's a perfect point because, you know, let's say. I'm bidding on broad match running shoes with a low bid and I appear in rest of search for running shoes and I convert and do well, if all of a sudden I take that, I put it into an exact match and I go pedal to the metal on it, now I could be in top of search where maybe the keyword's not strong enough to compete there. And now all of a sudden I am paying too much for what the keyword is worth. And it actually is not the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory is not true in this case. It's just that, the position of where it happened needed to be taken into account. Uh, so perhaps it needs a lower bid in the exact match. Uh, not every keyword, like you mentioned, needs to be on page one. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think another thing, so we, we touched on like two examples where maybe the conspiracy theory would not be real, where you know, you're graduating something from a broad match search term to an exact match that doesn't have a lot of data. So you know you're expecting too much from the particular keyword. You know it only had one or two orders over a month in the broad match, and you know now it's in the exact match. It you know if you've only got one to two or three orders in a month, it's very possible you might have zero to five in the next month for that same keyword as an exact match. Uh, so th- that could be a case where the conspiracy theory is not true, and then you have to look at the positioning. Maybe you were getting conversions at your rest of search, cheap cost per click, and now it's in exact match. You shot up to top of search. It just doesn't make sense to be there. You're paying too much. Uh, So that could be where the conspiracy theory is not real. But let's say the conspiracy theory is real in your account and you've got a whole bunch of broads. Um, There are two things that you can do to make the broads as good as possible. Uh, One of them being... Bit optimization.
2: Yeah, bit op- bit optimization will be very important when you're looking at broad match keywords, especially ones that have um, particular searches that, um, in the, like in this case, it was the exact root keyword that was the main keyword for the product and it was just being channeled through the um, broad match and the product was ranking very well. Um, we also did tests. So if we turned it down a little bit, it didn't rank as well. So in this particular case, what we did is we allowed that individual keyword to kind of do its thing while keeping a very close eye and, you know, on the bid optimizations. But then just adjusted everything else around that. So the overall account did very well. Um, one, so mm-hmm. I guess an analogy would almost be when I was looking at everything on a search term level. And that's, it's very hard to not do this when you start really digging into data. Because um, when you start getting really in the weeds, I mean, you can look at all the search terms and you look at the ratio to the keywords. And so you can adjust everything on a keyword level, which inside the ad platform is the most incremental technically, you can you know, really adjust things on a bid level.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But in reality- right, you can't make a bid this, for search terms. Right. Yeah. But in, in reality, um, all of the spend and the metrics happen at a search term level, and they're then funneled mm-hmm. up to the keyword. So if you're really trying to tightly control, technically speaking, technically, if everything was in an exact match, you could, on some level, control your bids at a search term level. Some level, because there's mm-hmm. weird nuances to exact match keywords, if we really want to get into it. The weirdness of that, but the
1: close match and variants, yeah, yes, plurals,
2: plurals, mm-hmm. prepositions, and two-word two-letter words. Mm. I found that out recently. I had a weird thing. Um, so there's, there's variance in exact match what, as well. What was but, that
1: weird thing you piqued my so interest? I
2: had, <laughs> I found a search term, it was bidding on um, Mr. and Mrs., and it was an ampersand and the ampersand Mm -hmm. in the keyword was translated as the word and. And I was like, wait, I didn't realize they made that correlation, that's interesting. So I went digging and asked a bunch of other smarter levels than me Um, and someone had made the observation that if it is a two letter word, so in this case ampersand was a single character. So if it's two or less characters, it can be ignored if it's, even if it's an Mm -hmm. exact match. So in this, and because it can also substitute the word and, because that's one of the conjunctions prepositions that can be inserted, um, it turned out that that was what it was. It was ignoring the ampersand, but then also picked up the and. So there's some weird variations Hmm. that can happen even in exact match. Um, so even if you're exact match, you can't technically control on an absolutely granular search term level.
1: Yeah, I think that's so interesting because I've thought about campaign builds where you turn just everything into exact match. Like the second it becomes a search term with even one click, you just move it into an exact match. And I think that's such a fascinating idea. And in logical theory, it should make sense because you'd be able to fine tune every single search term. But that doesn't jive with the conspiracy theory that we're talking about that literally sometimes the broad match continues to outperform the exact match ver- like this the search term when it's in the broad matches continues to outperform it uh conspiracy theory some odd quirk whatever it might be um periodically that can happen so uh i i think that's a really fascinating idea um uh, like the 100 percent exact match campaign. Everything's a single keyword campaign. Uh, very, very fascinating. Something that I've thought a lot about.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some, there's some interesting theories and there's some platforms that work off of that. The exact only Mm -hmm. exact match, only single keyword campaigns paying a lot with Mm -hmm. percentage adjustments, which is very interesting because you're, you are so micro controlling and that's really what it gets down to is, um, it comes back to platform nuances. Mm-hmm. So right. on Amazon, there's every every platform, every ad platform has its weird quirks and nuances. And I happen to know the Amazon ad platform very well. Oh yeah. Um, we don't mess with other external platforms, and that's the reason. Is um, I've always said if we are going to get into another platform, I want to be as specialized in another platform mm-hmm. as I can be with Amazon, and that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of just in the weeds doing. Um.
1: Yes. And and that and that brings up the like exactly the the spirit of this episode where it's like, yes, you have the logical steps that should make sense. And then you have this art component to it where you need to look at it and, you know, make qualitative judgments based off the quantitative data that you're getting. So you're the the logic says always graduate, always do exact match every single time but the conspiracy theory, like the art side of it um, is sort of, hey, like, how should I structure this campaign? Or maybe my broad match is actually way outperforming for some reason, whatever it might be, even if I don't understand it logically, it's just what the numbers are telling me. So I'm gonna lean into that. And that's where Mm -hmm. I think a lot of high-performing marketers uh, really know their campaigns inside and out because they acknowledge that part of it. Like they have all the best practices in their tool belt but another best practice that they have is really just feel. Like they're able to feel what the campaign needs. They're able to feel what the account needs. In certain cases, sometimes it could be maybe you you pause the search term graduation and maybe you slow it down. Uh, and maybe you just stick with the broad matches for now because you've tried to peel, stick, and block it up to an exact match. But maybe it's just not getting what you need right now. So instead of like forcing it, instead of trying to say, I'm going to continue driving this home. I'm going to step back. and I'm going to focus on bid optimization uh, and really make the broad match version as good as it can be. Uh, conversely, you want to be sure that you're adding tons and tons of negatives to the broad as well. It can feel like whack-a-mole. Um, so you want to be reactive and look at your search term report. But you also, I like to also get a little proactive with my search term report, like punch in that keyword into keyword research tools, see what comes up, See if you can find any phrase match negatives that you can add before they even trigger anything inside your search term report. That way you can sort of get ahead of the ball and block things out. I'm, I always think negative keyword management is not complete unless you do proactive stuff to like take the keyword, punch it into a keyword tool, see what kinds of things are maybe related. Mm-hmm. Like in your example, metal cup for adults, you punch in metal cup into a keyword research tool and you might find. Metal cup for children. Boom! You can negative phrase the word children.
2: Yeah, and in and in that example I shared, um, you can you could negative phrase mash kids. You could negative phrase mash children. Mm-hmm. Um, and this that wasn't exactly an exact representation. Of what was happening in you know my exact example? Um, there wasn't that option. Um it was more mm-hmm. like style differences is what it ended up being. And there's right. no one style unfortunately. Um but yes, if you are proactive and you had an example like that, you know, using a very strategic negative phrase is exactly, you know, a way where you could get around that.
1: Yeah. And I think the last point to make um is how do you explain this phenomenon when it happens to a client, if you're managing campaigns for clients. How do you explain it to a boss who maybe knows something about Amazon advertising? Uh, and you know they probably, if they know anything, they probably know that broad match is way worse than exact match. And, or how do you explain it to yourself when you look in the mirror? <laughs> you shut that monitor mm-hmm. off and the screen goes dark and then you see yourself in the reflection and you're crying a little bit because why is broad match doing better than exact match? How do we rationalize this First of all, like how do you approach this, like uh, with that particular client, how did you approach this situation?
2: Well, um, in this case, I was, I didn't have to go play catch up with the client. Fortunately, Mm -hmm. Um, we were very communicative, especially because it was a new client. We're often, you know, very, okay, this is a strategy we're running. This is what we're trying. Um, And so in this case, I had already relayed to him the issues with the broad match and what I was seeing in those, again, the incremental steps and then when it came time to, and and the reason why I was so careful with this was because it was one of the main keywords and the main sales drivers, Mm -hmm. which if Mm -hmm. you make drastic changes, especially to your high sales, Campaigns, keywords, even if the performance isn't as good, you often tank sales in the entire account, which is why I was Mm -hmm. so um, made much more of an effort to be communicative about this versus if it was, you know, if it's just one of the long tail keywords that's sitting there that it made incremental sales, I could do tests all day long and it's not really going to affect the overall numbers in the account as much. Um, In this case, it definitely did. And so I was communicative upfront about exactly what was happening, exactly the logic and explain the logic. And so he understood the logic of why we were trying what we were trying. And then when eventually it didn't work, I definitely had a moment of, I just just screwed this up and now I have to fix it. And luckily for me, the fix was simply archiving a single negative keyword. Um, there are times when it it feels like almost as if you're giving up on a strategy and you want to push forward on this because logically it makes sense but if the data is telling you it's not making sense then you need to go with it because if I would have pushed forward the end result would have been a poor performance Um, and so the first month It was not what I had hoped getting into the account. And then the the second, um, unfortunately because of that, then the second month, when instead of trying to fight what was happening, I worked with what was happening. Mm -hmm. So if you were to give an analogy, it was almost like if you were trying to be a drill sergeant and everyone needs to be in its place, and everything needs to be aligned, and everyone has to step to and perform for me on command at all times. And at some level, in some accounts, in some keywords, they don't like that, Mm -hmm. and they rebel. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of nurture them and allow them to grow and use bit optimization to make smaller adjustments that will rein them in and keep them within the playground yeah. without you know, completely stifling them and tying them to a chair. Um, and so that's what we did. We focused on bid optimization. We focused on just letting the broad do its thing. Because like I said before, it wasn't if performance was absolutely horrendous. That would be a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, we're at over 100% ACoS and just, you know, everything was terrible and we're not profitable. Um, it, it was working okay, but I know it could be better. And to be honest, um, Prior to signing on with us, one of the other reasons was they weren't really in the account much. Yeah. Thankfully, the cost per clicks in the niche were low, um, so they could just let it run okay, but there's no one who is in the account um, a lot of time. So, by us just being in the account, by using good optimizations, and by just letting things, you know, hemming them in and keeping them going in the right direction, the next um, uh, month was completely night and day, even better than the previous month when we weren't managing. And the, uh, the feedback from the client was, you guys are geniuses, what did you do? And it was, yeah, it felt almost as if we didn't do anything. Right. We simply nurtured what was there with, of course, adding the additional keywords and we still added other match types, but just almost playing it as if it's an orchestra, you know, a little more here and a little mm. more there and letting things kind of flourish instead of being so tight with making sure all the ducks are in a row and everything's beautiful and in a line and straight. Some some niches and sometimes it just doesn't, it doesn't work well like that, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a degree of humbleness that uh, anyone who's in Amazon marketing needs to have because there are loads of times where, it it seems very easy, right? It seems very easy to graduate up to an exact match. It seems so straightforward. So it's very easy for us to swing in, in our Tarzan vine or do some kind of superhero, like you were flying and then you just hit the ground type thing as a superhero where you like punch the ground. I don't know if you're a fan of uh, superhero movies, but like for us to like sweep in and say, hey, this is so easy. This is exactly what we're gonna do. Let me go do it and everything's gonna be okay. And I feel like that's definitely the wrong approach to take because you will get humbled. You will see times where maybe segmenting every single product into their own individual campaigns was too extreme of a move uh, or and performance isn't matching what it was when you had a lot of products grouped together or maybe you graduated a search term up from its broad version to an exact match and then for some reason the performance isn't what it was isn't what you had expected the degree of sort of being a technician of sort of getting in there and saying this is what the best practice says so this is what i understand it to be this is what i'm going to do to have the humbleness to say for whatever reason maybe it's some kind of amazon preference for a particular broad match in this particular case I need to be humble and reverse course uh, to get it back to, to you know, because to, to, we talked about how to get it even better than what it was with bid optimization and more negatives and understanding where the placements are. So we talked about ways to make the broad version even better, um, but definitely a degree of humbleness is needed in this uh, profession because without a doubt, we will be humbled from time to time. So Elizabeth, I have one last question for you is broad match better than exact match
2: sometimes
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) yes you know it's very hard to say right like it's kind of it's kind of blasphemy it's really kind of blasphemy uh, to say anything like that I still want to give it up to exact match (laughs) the logical part of my brain and look how I'm getting very uncomfortable for for
2: high bid ranking (laughs) If you're going to stick a lot, if you're if you're starting from ground zero and you're going to throw money at it, my bet mm-hmm. would be on exact match. I will say that.
1: Right. Right. If I had to bet it's going to be on exact match. However, are there times where for whatever reason broad match just happens for some unknown reason and I mean aside from the known reasons that you didn't have an update in the broad match, So you're comparing apples to oranges, you're comparing something with very little data to something that now has a lot more data. Uh, We talked about that. And then also factoring in for uh, position, hey, you were getting orders in rest of search, but now you're getting clicks for top of search and you're just not converting. So aside from those two obvious things uh, and the other obvious thing of just like new keywords versus old keywords, so there's sort of some obvious things that could influence performance. Even when you account for all of those and the broad version still does better, you need to be humble and look at what the data says. I don't want it to be true. <laughs> I don't want this conspiracy <laughs> to be true. Uh, I, part of me thinks it happens more in sponsored brand ads um, than sponsored products, but it can happen mm-hmm. anywhere. And will, so here's another question. Will you still do your search term graduation.
2: So we don't typically. Anyways, we're in the test all match types crowd.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's another topic.
2: So test and adjust accordingly.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, <laughs> that's a whole another episode.
1: <laughs> that's a whole another episode. I'm still a big fan of the graduation process. Uh, this hasn't shook my uh, belief as the Search term graduation, the research peel, stick and block, the moving things up towards exact match. This hasn't shook my belief in that. However, it is worth monitoring, observing, studying. Uh, And then, of course, that's where the art of PVC comes in, because you can make some decisions on there. Final thoughts, Elizabeth.
2: Don't worry about what you think should work. Look at what is working and go off that.
1: It's a good one. Yes, and you'll be a better PPC marketer for it. For sure. Let the data be your guide. Let best practice be your guide. Uh, Use the the two of these things uh, as guides and don't try to force it uh, if it's not there. Uh, We've done it. Episode one with Elizabeth Green in the books. Tune in next week where Elizabeth will be back. Have a good one, everyone. And we will see you next time here in the Badger
0: Den.
2: See ya.